Hi, Chris Valentin here. Welcome to my podcast, where I hope to inspire you to transform the world within you and transform the world around you. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Hi, I'm Chris Valentin. Welcome to Cultural Catalyst, where we teach you how to live fully alive, co-labor with God, and change the world. And today, I have a guest, a very special guest, actually, Gabriel Lopez. Welcome to so the Cultural Catalyst Show. Thanks for having me. And we're talking today about the power of spreading joy on yes. social media. Yes. And I got to tell you, Gabriel, I, I, you know, you're one of my BSSM leaders, so I know you from, you know, I like, I know you're the life. Yeah. And, you know, my team's <laughs> like, you got to watch these videos. And so last night, I actually did. I sat down. Yeah. And I'm like, this is, what you're doing on social media is hilarious. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. So before we get into that, let's talk a little bit about you. Okay. Tell me about, you know, you came to BSSM, a little bit about your walk. You've got a child and you're married. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm a pastor's kid. I grew up in the church, so I have all that fun stuff. Being yes. a pastor's kid, it's probably where most of the comedy comes from. Uh, but I, when I was 16, actually, um, I'll say this. I knew of God. I knew about God, but I didn't know God growing up in church yeah. at all. But when I was 16, I actually got, um, I was in a service, and I was kind of just playing with my friend and talking and not paying attention at all to the, to the pastor. Um, and the pastor just screams out my name in the middle of the service, and I, I thought I was in trouble. And he starts prophesying, actually, over me. Wow. He starts calling out about Hollywood and media and film. I wasn't doing anything remotely like that. I wasn't doing anything creative, nothing at all. So I'm sitting there listening to him talk about Hollywood and creativity and writing and creating. And, <coughs> um, and something just kind of left in my, in my spirit. And the funny thing is I wasn't even really saved yet. Like, See, I don't I, consider myself saved. But yeah. it would be actually three more years when I turned 19. I got radically saved. This crazy encounter. Whoa. And I ran after the Lord just so hard from then. And the only thing I knew about God that he wanted me to do was be a filmmaker. And so I tried to actually pursue film really hard in the beginning. Kind of had every single door closed in my face uh, immediately. And I quickly realized that the Lord wanted me to learn my identity a bit before I became a filmmaker. Wow. And I was trying to find a lot of my significance in film. So I found my way to BSSM. I ran into some crazy BSSM students along the way. and They are wild. And they just like these supernatural wild people. I'm like, how do they know this stuff? Uh, I asked them where they went to, to, to learn this. They said BSSM. <laughs> and I spent all my money and came here. And uh, yeah. So where were you living at time? Orange County. So Southern California, kind of a little outside LA, uh, Hollywood kind of area. And you did how many years at BSSM? Oh, gosh. Um, well, I'm still doing it, if that makes sense. So, You're still working Yeah, I'm there. still here. So 2008 is when I did first year, did yeah. first year, second year, third year. Then I took um, a year off. Then I did a fourth year volunteer. Then I did a fifth year wow. volunteering. Um, and then I just kind of always hung around the environment. It's funny. We tell students, like, go out and, you know, <laughs> until the world. And I'm like, yeah. And I was the one doing the opposite <laughs> yeah. of all of that for sure. It's here for 15 years now. Um, and then I worked in film for a number of years after BSSM. And then I kind of came back to be a pastor. It's a bit of my story. We can get into that later. But um, what did you do in film? So in film, I was just an editor, a cameraman, um, and uh, I watched as the Lord. I went to like YouTube University. I didn't. I have no. I have no idea about film. I had no training whatsoever. I had a few friends. I'd kind of just pick their brains along the way. But when I when the Lord opened up the door and said, "Now is the time to do film," after maybe three or four, actually no, five years of BSSM learning my identity. Now he said, okay, I'm opening up the doors for you. And now the funny thing is at this time I was actually very comfortable and never doing film ever again, because I think in the beginning I was going after my significance. And now that yeah. I found my significance in him, I was like, well, I don't need to do film. And God's like, no, I'm asking you to do film. Wow. So for me, it was, I was doing it for me. Now I'm doing it for him. And so I watched this when I said yes to obeying the door, going to the door of film, 
um, the favor just of God just came up on my life in a crazy way. I've never actually applied for a film job. I've never actually pursued anybody at all. It's always come to me, and I've gone across the world. I've traveled. I've filmed documentaries in, in Mozambique with Heidi Baker and all these different people. I've gone to uh, Argentina with Carlos Anacondia and oh, filmed. Oh, man, he's crazy. Uh, insane, yeah. Insane, yeah. <laughs> crazy, crazy, crazy. Very scary man. He was kept on hitting the desk, and I was, like, <laughs> terrified behind the camera. Um, and I watched as the Lord just opened up all these doors with film, um, and I was just the guy behind the camera for many, many years and very comfortable with that. How did you, what inspired you to actually do, like, these, these, these things you're doing on, on YouTube, not, not on YouTube, actually yeah. on Instagram. Mm -hmm. There might be on YouTube. There's a few on YouTube. YouTube. I'm starting, I'm starting a yeah. YouTube account. Yeah. But Instagram, mm -hmm. man, and TikTok, mm -hmm. I watched them last night. They are out of the box, hilarious. Thank you so much. Yeah. And what, part of what you're doing, and if you haven't seen them, you got to get on so you kind of understand, <laughs> because my team was trying to explain it to me. I'm like, what is that? <laughs> and then I got on there and I'm like, yeah. this is like, this is amazing. Thank you. What inspired you to use like religious humor? Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and, and what is the response of all that? Yeah, um, that's a great question. Uh, so I, I did film for a number of years. Like I said, I was always behind the camera, always editing, always the camera guy. Uh, and then I went through a really hard kind of experience. I was traveling two, three times a week, flying on planes, all over the world, filming different people. Um, but then the church I was working for kind of had a bit of a falling out. I got really burned out on film and I actually <laughs> kind of never wanted to do film again after that. Yeah. I associated all the pain with the film. And uh, when I left that job, I said, Lord, what's next? And he said, well, you need to take a break uh, and heal your heart to be ready for what's next. Um, and I took a year sabbatical. I actually didn't work at all for an entire year. Uh, I thought it was going to be like a weekend or a week or a long extended vacation of a month. It turned out to be a year just sitting at home and just weeping with the Lord and just kind of going after healing. Um, and from that place, actually, the Lord gave me a prophetic dream of being a pastor in BSSM, wow. which was kind of strange. I'm like, Lord, we're in the film world. Were you married yet? I was married, yeah. 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 And so we were saving up to buy a house, <coughs> moving in this direction. My wife and I were working for this other school, and that school shut down. The, the Bible school shut down, and we lost our jobs. In one day, we both lost our full-time jobs. Oh, my gosh. And so we went through a season of just, like, sitting with the Lord and going, what is happening to our lives? This is a year before COVID. So I got really good at quarantine before the quarantine happened. <laughs> so, um, and we took that year off, and the Lord gave me a prophetic dream one day. He said, you're going to be a pastor in BSSM. And I said, Lord, I am so removed from that, like, world right now. I've been over here doing film for five years. You're going to have to open up all these doors. So, and I watched as he opened up all the doors. He spoke to different leaders, different people, yeah. told me who to speak to. Um, I became a pastor here, and I was doing that for maybe four years mm. of pastoring here, just loving it, and kind of putting film to the side. I had film offers come in. I rejected them all. I said, I think I'm just maybe done with film. As crazy as it was because of the prophetic words, I was just really hurt by what happened. But maybe four years into pastoring, uh, one day, it was about a year ago, actually, maybe a year, year and a half ago, I was at home one day, and Instagram, you know how they have these like filters and different little yeah. things you could do or songs or filters <laughs> you can uh, make on there. I was on there just looking at one, and I think it was like a Spider-Man one where it had Spider-Man flying to the city, <laughs> and you could green screen your face over, <laughs> over the person he's holding. And I just kind of like laughed, and I, so I just put my face in there, and I made like a little script, a little thing, and it's like 45 seconds long. It's really short. Um, and I just had so much fun making it. And I, so I put it online and I think, you know, I don't know, maybe like a hundred views or something like that, but it was, it, it didn't impact anybody at all, but yeah. it impacted me. It was, it was wild how I was wow. like, that was actually so much fun. That <laughs> reminded me of the times I used to have with the Lord all those years with film. And it was so exciting. And so the next day I made another one and then another one and another one. And I think for the next month to month and a half, 
I just made random videos. No one saw them. Uh, they weren't for anybody else. They were just for me and the Lord. And it was just a place where I was actually encouraged because for me, it was, um, it was a sign of how much healing I had for something that used to cause me pain. I was like, wow, this can actually be a place where I, I visit back and actually have connection with the Lord in a way that I was wired and created to do. So it's, there's something special about when you're doing what you were actually created to do. Yeah. It, it actually reinforces your identity, doesn't it? Does. it? Yeah. And then it also exposes people to a side of God that they haven't seen mm. because it's being manifest through you, yeah. through your personhood. Mm-hmm. What, what have these reels done with people? Like, I, I'm watching these and I'm like, this is, I think it's hilarious. Mm-hmm. I wonder, have people been offended or oh, yeah. What, yeah. You, you get some people offended? <laughs> it's the internet. So it's, yeah. there's always, you're always going to run into that. Yeah. Um, I'd say 90, 95% of the reception is great. Yeah. Uh, positive, amazing. People are super sweet send the nicest messages. There's always a loud minority of people yeah. that, I mean, you could make, it doesn't matter what video you make, yeah. doesn't matter what posts you do, there are always going to be people offended, uh, which, you know, Jesus had 12 disciples and he had a hater in there. Uh, so yeah. it's like, I think the goal isn't trying to be perfect because uh, Jesus modeled that and shows there's still persecution along the way, uh, even when your message is great. So I kind of just let that go and just love those people. For me, the hardest part is not responding back sarcastically to those yeah. people. I'm like, okay, just let it go. Lord bless them. Uh, but the awesome thing is that there's a lot of people that aren't even in my denomination of belief. I've seen the Lord bridge a huge gap between other denominations, other people that maybe aren't as huge fan of, of charismatics or even Bethel. Yeah. And I've seen this bridge happen with memes and jokes <laughs> and where they go, hey, I'm not a huge fan of your belief system, but for some reason I can't stop watching. And then they kind of hang around and want to chat in the comments or maybe they start DMing me and we chat a little bit. And it kind of opens their eyes just to hear my heart. And I think sometimes people are so, they have these walls, these preconceived notions of, of who I am before, or before who you are before you even said anything. And the humor has a way of kind of dismantling that to where they can, it can get past it. Um, I have uh, other religions of people following me as well. I have Muslims following me. Oh my gosh. I have uh, multiple unbelievers following <coughs> me. A ton of people that are kind of jaded, you know, towards yeah. God. But, um, but even a couple of Satanists as well. And I'm kind of shocked. I'm like, are you sure? And um, they keep on, uh, one was like writing on here going like, why is all this Christian yeah. <laughs> stuff on my, on my feed? And I, and I wrote, I wrote him back. I'm like, too late. You're Christian now. Uh, you know, you have to just accept it. Yeah. The Lord's speaking to you. And he kind of like laughed back and forth. And, and, now, and then all of a sudden he followed me from there. And it's, wow. these people have been like, it's, it's incredible. I've seen the Lord minister to so many people. And there has been thousands of messages of people saying, I was having a hard day. I was depressed. Uh, I was just going through, you know, life or COVID, you know, of all things. And uh, I pulled up this video or something happened and I saw it and I just started laughing and I feel better. And sometimes that's the daily bread they needed to get through that day. Yeah. That makes it all worth it right there. You know, I had a nervous breakdown. It lasted six months. Well, it lasted longer than that, but I was on the couch for six months. Hmm. But one of the things that Kathy made me do was watch comedies. I love that. Yeah. Uh, it was it was like she found it on the internet, like yeah. part of part of the you know, uh, reforming your mind yeah. and creating some dopamine to get out of depression yeah. was to laugh. I love that. They call yeah. it laughter therapy, right? Yes, yes, yes. And so she'd put on these old comedies, and I, I, you know, at the time they weren't super funny yeah. <laughs> to me. You know, when you're depressed, it takes a lot to get you going. Oh yeah. But I do think that there is something about laughter, right? There it's is, it's yeah. like Proverbs says, it's like good medicine. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of like a pharmacist. Exactly. I'm doling out the joy. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I pray over my videos too. Like I genuinely do. Yeah. And I've seen a couple of times where, 
even mm. in, in the editing process where I'm editing it, you know, I'm playing, and if you've seen the videos, there's, I play a lot of the characters, what's happening in yeah. the video. But one of the videos, uh, it was about Pentecost, and I had to play uh, Holy Spirit. And so I found this filter, like, with fire on Instagram and TikTok. So I kind of feel myself going like this, and, and then the fire, uh, you know, reacts yeah. to it. Um, and I put, like, this bell sound in the, in the editing room. Uh, and when I did that, I was in the editing room just editing it. And when I put the bell sound, I felt the Holy Spirit come into the room so strongly. Oh. And I was like, and I started crying. Well, I'm editing a meme, a video about just laughter and, and messing around. That's happened on multiple videos. Uh, one video, I was, uh, it was a recent one where it's about uh, Jesus <coughs> saying to, to Peter, uh, you're going to deny me. And Peter goes. I watched that video last yeah. night. <laughs> and he's like, that's never going to happen. Yeah. And then it says 10, you know, a few seconds later, all of a sudden Peter is uh, betraying Jesus and it's like in a rap. Uh, but at the very end of the video, Peter says, um, uh, get away from me. I didn't know him. Um, I'm, uh, I, I forgot how, 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 the, how the lyrics go, but he says, hail Caesar. And he's like, just basically re- rejecting Jesus. And I, while I was filming that, I was kind of like writing out the script and I was kind of just putting myself into the mindset of what Peter would have went through. And while I was writing those lyrics, I just kind of like had this, this realization of what actually happened. The magnitude of this is, these are Jesus's like best friends. These are his great, great buddies. He literally just warned him that he was going to do this. And Peter went off and did this. And it's like, and Jesus had to watch, sit there and watch that. And for him to go back and still forgive all these guys, I started crying actually in the middle of filming this. I mean like, wow, the redemption and the forgiveness of Jesus to to tell someone what they're going to do. And then they go and do it and still forgive them afterwards. It blew me away. Yeah, it's interesting because the disciples, the other 11 disciples, I don't think have the same response. Yeah. Because <laughs> when, Mary, when Mary meets Jesus at the tomb when he, ro- when he rose from the dead, yeah. he says, go tell my disciples and Peter, yeah. right? <laughs> so the other disciples weren't having that same forgiveness yeah, necessarily, yeah, yeah. Yeah. which is amazing. Yeah, your humor, I, I tell you, like, well, you're, you're Spanish and Mexican, mm-hmm. and I, I grew up in a Spanish home, and I don't know if it's because of our, you know, Latino upbringing, <laughs> but you have the same sense of humor. Oh, I, I was it. watching this and I'm like, oh, that is exactly how yeah. I would do that, you know? <laughs> and you were, I, um, I was watching one of the, where you were playing out like, who's the greatest? Yes, yes, yes. At, and, you know, like the, just the dialogue that you created between mm-hmm. John and Peter and James. And yeah. I'm like that, you know, you know it's funny, but it probably was similar to that, that's right? Accurate, yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. I think people, that's a common comment that I get a lot in the, in the comment section is, wow, I didn't actually realize this is actually probably what happened. Like this is, yeah. it's all jokes and fun and games, but the reality is a lot of it's based out of truth and yeah. the reality of you read the scriptures and it's right there. There's so many funny uh, moments in scripture and for people to say that God doesn't have a sense of humor oh, or that for to have, and honestly that for me, that's what makes comedy interesting is contrast is you have this uh, perfect God and imperfect man, and he has this relationship with them. And he even, even to put man and woman who are so polar opposite in so yeah. many ways, and for them to say, okay, now live together forever and love each other and just work through your problems. How is that not hilarious? Like that's, that's the comedy of heaven within contrast. And you, if you have eyes to see like that, then you start to see the gospels in a way of going like, wow, there's so much funny contrast from Genesis to Revelation all the time because it's based on the human experience. Yeah, you had this. Uh, you were, I think the, I think it was in the Who's the Greatest one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. You were talking about Peter getting out of the boat and how yeah. the eleven world changers <laughs> stayed in the boat and yeah. they were criticizing him. Yeah. And I was just thinking about, you know, how often when we are intimidated by what other people do, mm-hmm. 
that we actually become a critic of what yeah, they do because so we're actually afraid to do it ourselves. Exactly, yeah. And that, that you know, dialogue that you created was like, that is, you know, that's, that's actually, that, that's actually how it actually works. Yeah. Like you see somebody do something amazing mm-hmm. and instead of going amazing, you begin to critique them, right? Yeah. And uh, so, hilarious, man. Thank you. So funny. Let me see. I got a couple more questions okay. for you here. Yeah, I love it. How, uh, you got a book. Yes, I do. I, you worked for me all this time. <laughs> I didn't know that you did those yeah. reels. Yeah. And you wrote a book five years ago. I did, yeah. And it's called God's Best Friend. Yeah. First of all, okay, God's Best Friend. Tell me about that part. Okay. And then tell me what the book's about. Sure. Um, <clears throat> well, uh, the book's called God's Best Friend. And I think the subtext is uh, the adventure of an ordinary man and an extraordinary God. And that's kind of uh, just the story of my life, of, of the adventures that God takes me on. I'm in over my head all the time, everywhere I go. It's kind of the story that, that marks my life. Um, but it's always a fun adventure. With that book, it kind of follows the journey of me getting saved and me coming to the Lord and me getting the prophetic word about film. And it follows all that journey. But within that journey, and even coming to BSSM and having those incredible moments of, of transformation. And having an incredible leader at BSSM. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. You have a whole chapter just devoted to you. Uh, <laughs> and so, uh, but there was some hard moments that happened actually within that season. I had uh, my, my two best friends that were just like meant the world to me. They ended up passing away in, in motorcycle accidents. Uh, oh, wow. One in 2010 and then one a year and a half later. Oh my goodness. We were helping each other kind of grieve the loss of our best friend. And, and then he ended up dying the same way. Um, and I had this moment where I went home just so, um, I've never had a moment where the, f- I felt fear literally almost choking me. I was in my bedroom and I felt like I was being suffocated by just fear and loneliness and, um, just an absolute terror and this realization came to my mind of, I have more friends in heaven than I do on earth. And it was this feeling of loneliness that I can't even describe. And wow. in that moment, I heard the Holy Spirit say, Gabriel, I'll be your best friend. It's like, I almost heard it audibly. And he said, Gabriel, I'll be your best friend. But I would love to say that I immediately said, yes, Lord, I'll be your best friend. Let's do it. I actually said, no, Lord, I don't want to be your best friend because best friends just die. Best friends just leave you. And I had been wounded. And so I said, Lord, I'll be your great friend. I'll be a a really great friend. Like we can hang out all the time, but I don't want a best friend. I don't want any best friends. And I was expecting the Lord's response. To be honest, I was a bit like, how is he going to respond to that? And it was just so kind. It was like this warm smile. And every few months, um, over the next few years, every few months, I would be going through life and I would hear this voice just go, Gabriel, I'll be your best friend. I'll be your best friend. And he would never stop pursuing me within wow. that. And so uh, it was maybe three or four years after that initial invitation to where he just kept on asking me, wearing me down, these amazing, uh, uh, extraordinary events. And again, you have to read the book. to it's, it's a whole lot of stuff that happens. But eventually he does, as he always does, he wore, wore us down, wore me down. And I said, said, broke down, I said, Lord, I, I would love to be your best friend. Be my best friend. And it's so funny because people read that or see that and they go, best friend, well, I'm, I'm Jesus' best friend. You're not Jesus. We're all Jesus' best friend. For me, uh, there's a point in the, in, the, in the end of the book where yeah. I talk about um, what you've lost as a person. For me, it was a best friend. Maybe you've lost a mother. Maybe you've lost a father. Maybe you've lost a cousin or a brother. The Lord, his invitation to you is, I want to become what you've lost and so there's actually like a prayer at the end I of the book. I want to become what you lost. I want to become what you've lost. And for me, that was a best friend. And, and he, he could see the way my heart was going. Wow. That I was, I was going down a very, very dark place. And he loved me through an incredible series of events. And so from that space, I said, okay, Lord, I'll be your best friend. <laughs> and, and, I, um, and I just started kind of going on the journey of becoming a friend of God. 
And uh, and that's when he started taking me to all these different places, doing film and seeing all these incredible wow. adventures with him. But uh, I didn't even have f- doing reels and videos on my horizon. None of that was even doing social media. None of that was even in um, in the books at all. It was all just like redeeming and, and restoring the heart that I had was broken. Well, you yeah. know, where Jesus asked his disciples, who who do you say? Who do people say that I am? Yeah, and they go, well, some say Elijah, some say you know the prophets, <clears throat> and then he says, who do you say I am? Yeah, that verse actually can read and probably more accurately, who am I to you? Mm. Yeah, and Peter begins to say, you're the Christ, you're the Son of the Living God, mm-hmm. and I think that what you just said is profound, because whoever God is to you, He will be through you. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, my grandson, Isaac, mm-hmm. was in your revival group, and now still you're like a father to him. Mm-hmm. This is, I'm, I'm, I'm an old man, and what I've watched happen over many years, decades, is that believers tend to run away from whatever's popular and cool, yeah. right? So in the early days, it was, they ran away from rock and roll. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, you couldn't have a drummer, couldn't have electric guitar if, if you sang in church and yeah. you know and it's just it's just kind of been one thing after another where Christians kind of exit culture and now we have obviously social media with you know TikTok and Instagram you know Facebook and just it just goes on and on right yeah. and and we know that a lot of destruction comes from that, right? Mm-hmm. We know that there's just people that are just addicted to social media. Yeah. We're watching, especially the you know Generation Z and, and the millennials who were raised on it, struggling with their identity because, you know, you, you post your best, your best minutes. Yeah, your right? highlights. Yeah, your highlights. Yeah. Here's my kids. They're yeah. all smiling, yeah. right? <laughs> and you're like, my kids suck most of the yeah. day. You know? Here's my life. We're yeah. all happy, you yeah. know, and and it it, it kind of it leaves you often with it. Wow, I am failing mm. because this unrealistic, you know, photoshopped yeah. life on social media. How important is it for believers to actually be a part of social media? It is crucial right now in two thousand twenty three to to be on social media. I look at social media like I look at money. Um, okay. you know, the scripture where it says, uh, it's not the, uh, people look at money and they say money is the root of all evil. No, yeah. it's the love of money. Is, and so it's, I look at social media in the same way. It's, it's a tool that can amplify what's in your heart at times. You, if you come to it to get fed, you can, you can find a lot of pain there. Um, I was just speaking to a student the other day and he's just so talented, so, uh, so he's a worship leader, and he's been saying, the Lord's been telling me to go post on social media these worship sets and things, but I, I can't. I go on there, and I just get, I get distracted and things like that. I said, the Lord's calling you to come to the table to feed, not to get fed at the table of social media. You need to actually get so fed before you've arrived at the table. And I look at it as a mission field. I was just sharing earlier that I, I pray over these reels, I pray over these videos, um, I pray, Lord, send these things out and um, and let it let it just come across someone who is whether they're a believer, whether they're an atheist, whether they're a Satanist, whether they're from a different denomination, doesn't matter. Let it minister to somebody. And Lord, thank you, Lord, that 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 you have blessed us with a tool that I can reach someone on the other side of the planet. I mean, 20, 30 years ago, if you wanted to do things in media or arts or or even film, I know more about film because that's my background. But if you wanted to make a film, 
you had to go through so many, the producing studios and the movie companies, and there's so many people that changed your vision along the way because they're the ones with the money and the influence. They're the ones with the reach. We don't have that as much nowadays. Uh, Now you can just pick up your phone and record something, and someone on the other side of the planet can have access to it. The Lord, it's so much possibility right now for a message to reach someone on the other side of the planet and still be pure and still be... Uh, not be tainted along the way where it's filtered along all these different things and watered down and different things and we got to keep it this, we got to keep it that, or we can't say this, we can't say that. No, I have the power to go and, and sit with the Lord and say, whatever I dream up, I can create and no one will be able to change that. And that's a huge reason why I wrote my book as well. For years, I wanted to write my book and I had all these stories and things along the way and people were saying to me, you need to write a book, you need to write a book. But I just could not motivate myself to do it. And then I said to the Lord one day, Lord, I need the right motivation to write this book because I don't know if I'll ever write it. And, you know, more money was not a good motivation. This was not a good motivation. Like, it'll help people. That wasn't even a good motivation. I was like, Lord, I, I need a motivation for me to write this book. I went to sleep. The next morning I woke up. And, in, and when I woke up, all of a sudden the words, my children, were going through my head. My children. Now, I didn't even have kids at the time. I said, my children. And I realized if I write this book, I can hand my children something that is so me, that is my message, that has not been touched by the rest of the world, that is not something of a story, of a story, of a story, hearsay, different things. These are my words that I can uh, help guide my children, that even my grandchildren, my great-grandchildren, maybe 200, 300 years from now, I can, in a way, reach through eternity and help guide them. And and if I can help them avoid mistakes that took me 10, 20 years to, to get through, then they can have that inheritance immediately. When I realized that it went from I want to write a book to I, I need to write a book. I think I wrote the book in a month or a month and a half wow. after that initial motivation. And I look at social media in the same way. Like this is, this is a platform uh, where, where you can say something and, and it can reach the audience immediately. I, I, I think it's a gift. I think it's a tool. Come to the table to feed, not to get fed. That's beautiful. You know, think about how it was just 30 years ago. If you wanted to reach people in Africa, India, China, I mean, literally, literally, it would cost you thousands of dollars and incredible sacrifice, right? And now you've got like 140,000 people on on your social pages. Many of those are internationals. Mm -hmm. And here you are taking, you know, an hour to post something mm-hmm. and your your reach is what it would have taken somebody a lifetime to yeah, touch, right? Exactly. And it's a really safe place yeah. for people who, as you pointed out, would never step foot into a church, yeah. never watch you preach someplace, mm-hmm. but they get on TikTok, they get on Instagram, they get on Facebook, and in the privacy and the uh, of their own home and the humility of their own heart, mm-hmm. they're able to watch something without defenses. Yeah. And, and, you're, and you're reaching people. Man, that's amazing. Okay, uh, a couple things. First okay. of all, uh, God's best friend, is that mm-hmm. the TikTok Instagram code? It is, yeah. It's God's period best period friend. Got it. Okay, so follow you on that. Mm-hmm. Secondly, how do we buy your book? Is that, it's in the Bethel it's bookstore? It's in the Bethel bookstore and it's on Amazon. It's on Amazon. Yeah. Great. Yeah. And it again, it's called God's best friend. Mm-hmm. Would you just pray for us real quickly? Sure, please? yeah. Lord, I thank you, God, that you, um, you desire to, to raise up creatives in this hour yeah. like never before. And, and um, I love the church. I mean, I've given myself to the church. I love preaching and teaching and ministry and prophecy and healing. I love all of that. But we, we know you're in that, God. We, we know. No one has to convince us that you're in that. Lord, I, I, I'm so excited 
at the thought of you revealing yourself in areas where a lot of the church doesn't allow you to go, where they've put boxes and different walls, yep. like um, arts and, and media and entertainment and film. Uh, thank you, Lord, that your heart is to invade those places. And like Chris was saying, there are people that won't be able to hear those messages on a Sunday morning because they're not in a service, but they're on the other side of the world. They're on TikTok. They're on Instagram. Thank you, Lord, that your heart yes. to reach these people. So, Lord, I pray that you would, uh, if you're a creative just listening to this right now, if you have a desire that looks a bit out of the box, especially uh, of certain things, I mean, this is an this is out of the box making videos and things. I never thought the Lord would use humor and videos to 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 reach um, and preach the gospel. If you have an out of the box idea that isn't a typical sermon, I pray that you would just take the risk and go for it. Just go for it. Invite the Holy Spirit in and absolutely. watch what He does because it is absolutely blowing my mind. The the power of God and His joy of the Lord is our strength. So beautiful. Gabriel, thanks so much for being on. God bless you, and thanks for the impact you've had on so many people, so many students, and my grandson. Thank you so much. God bless you. God bless you. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to my podcast. To stay connected, you can sign up for my weekly newsletter at chrisvalentin.com forward slash subscribe. God bless you.